This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Knowing your purpose is important. When you understand it and are living true to it, you have a clarity, confidence, and avoid stress as you allow it to be your guiding star. This is for the busy professional who knows what it is to be exhausted, overwhelmed, and is ready to break free from it. But how? In this book, Dr. Claire gives you a clear path to break free from stressed out living. Discover what is keeping you stuck there and what you must do to break free. She uses stories and diagrams to make it easy for you to make the necessary shifts and choices to embrace freedom from living stressed out. It is time for you to have the space to enjoy great relationships with family, friends, and God. Help, I Want Out is your opportunity to do so. Valeria Tejas interviews Dr. Claire A. Smith, the author of Help, I Want Out, What to Do When You Are Stressed Out from Keeping It All Together. Claire Annalise Smith, a.k.a. Dr. Claire, is the founder of Blazing Star Network, a professional training and spiritual coaching firm. She is also the author of multiple books and publications. With two decades of executive experience under her belt, Dr. Claire understands the drive that keeps individuals going. As an author, speaker, spiritual mentor, and coach, Dr. Claire helps leaders organize their busy lives to have more time to connect with themselves, the people they love most, and God, without stress and guilt. Meet Dr. Claire at livingstressedout.com. Here is the interview with Dr. Claire A. Smith. In your own words, who is Dr. Claire Annalise Smith? In my own words, <laughs> yes. well, I could say I'm a human being. Okay, well, it's it's funny. I I said to somebody yesterday, I don't like talking about myself that much, but I am an author, a speaker, spiritual mentor, and coach. I enjoy um connecting with people, connecting people with each other, and above all, connecting people with God. I mean, God really makes the connection, but opening that space for people to know God more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of things in my life, and the main thing I've done in the past and in the future is work with young people, yeah. um, just seeing them grow as Christians, but also as people who take their 
place in society um, with confidence, recognizing their gifts. And I was just speaking with a former youth leader this morning, and that was a joy. I listened to her and when she talked about her daughter, and I couldn't help but say, you're so gentle with her, because the daughter came in briefly. And, and just seeing that fills me with joy and pleasure. Um, I've taught in a seminary. I've passed the churches. I've done a lot of different things. But right now I feel a lot of my past life is encapsulated in what I'm doing now in my writings and my coaching. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and that sounds wonderful to me. How did you become a Christian, Dr. Claire? So I grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't... I. I don't believe in Christ, Christian being a Christian by osmosis. Right. So right, right, right. I, I believe it's a choice we make um, that we may slide into it, but at some point we make that choice for ourselves. And the high school I went to had something we called Bible club. And we kind of, a lot of times in the first form, which is what it was at that time. And we went to high school around 10, 11 uh, a lot of times as first, first formers, we went and then we kind of grew out of it. We had more activities. And, and one day um, we had a form prefect who would always invite me to Bible club as I got older, you know, and I was like fourth form now. And 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 I this day she, she was so persistent. This day I said to her, look, if I don't have orchestra, I'll come. And we always had orchestra on Wednesday. So that was me getting her off my back. And, and when I went to the music room, we did not have orchestra. I didn't remember her. Went up to the staff room for some reason. And there she was. Claire, are you coming to Bible Club? <laughs> so I remembered my promise and I went. And that's where I made my commitment to um, follow Christ. Do you believe that we are all being guided to get to know God or the source, the divine force, whatever name we give to that reality, which to me is the only one that's real anyway. Yeah. So do you believe we are being guided to get to know that place more? Yes. I've never consciously thought of it the way you put it. But even as we go through scriptures and so on, it's evident that God is always calling us. And and the question for us is, will we heed the call? Will we answer the call? And will we, in some ways, declutter our lives to be in a place where we can actually hear it, rather than waiting for something catastrophic to happen? True. For you, what, where, and who is God? Yeah. Um, so in terms of where, which is the easier one to start with, right? <laughs> so, so God is everywhere. Um, you know, the Bible talks about God being spirit and those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. In John chapter four, don't ask me the verse. Um, yeah. And then, but God can be within us and that's our choice. And then who is God? So in some ways, I just said God is spirit. Um, God is infinite. God is beyond our comprehension, and yet we're able to comprehend in as much as our finite minds can. Finite minds can. Um, then there are the classic three things, um, all, all powerful, all knowing, all wise. Um, so, you know, that's saying there's more that can be said. I think the other two things that must be said about God is that God is love. And, and God is wise. Well, I talked about God being all-knowing and all-wise, but God is love. 
and God is com- with that love is compassion. And so I love the verses where it talks about God knowing that we are frail and understanding that. But for us to not be presumptuous then. And and the final thing I would say about God is because God is all of this, God is to be worshipped and adored and not taken for granted. Yeah, in your book, you say God loves you unconditionally. That phrase is very powerful. If we get to really understand what that means, uh, being loved unconditionally already. I love that you said that too, that you made that connection. God, love. Yeah, that's actually the way I relate to God. I do say divine force, but it is love because there's nothing more powerful than love from my perspective. Yeah. 2020 has been a challenging year for a lot of us, a time of change, lots of change. So my question for you and that is, what insights have you gained from the events in 2020? Yeah, um, I... It's so funny. A friend was just asking me if I'd been affected by COVID, you know, in terms of family and so on. And not so much family, but I know people who've died. I've had friends who've had it. Uh, but when I look at 2020, in some ways, I guess for me, life is a cont- is a stream. So 2020 was hard in a lot of ways for a lot of people. But when you examine the elements of 2020, they are the elements of life. We may have experienced them in a concentrated form, but but it's life. Um, so 2020, when we whether we when we were in it or coming out of it, the questions we have to raise are questions about life and living. And, and how do we live well in any season? Because some people may not have had a 2020, but they may have had a crisis season when it felt like everything was falling apart and everyone was leaving them. And, and I believe if we know how to live well, we will live well regardless of what is happening around us. And I'm not sure if I answered the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, no, we did. I love this idea, Dr. Claire, that we can... Uh, somehow see that light uh, in the midst of chaos and confusion, perhaps challenges, we can still see the opportunity to grow uh, somehow at some level. That's a very important message. And I wonder if this is actually only possible or becomes easier when we have spiritual understanding, when we have this connection with the spiritual world. Would you say that 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 might be easier for us? <laughs> I'll answer it a little differently. I don't know how you do it if you don't have that. I, I really don't know how you do it. It may be it's possible, but I don't know. Um, because if, if all you have is the material, that's a very fragile state of existence because the material is always changing. It's always degrading. I mean, our bodies degrade. Yes, we can do things to rebuild, thank God. (laughs) Right. Can you imagine if we couldn't at certain stages? Mm -hmm. So, so yes, we know there's the renewal that happens and so on, but there's a level of degradation that's going on all the time. And if we are not able to, um, if, if we only see the material, and I think that's sometimes what makes it harder to cope. And, and, And to say 
understanding spirituality, and I'll just say briefly when if I use the word spirituality, what I mean, um, the inner and outer expression of our relationship with God. That that's how I understand spirituality. Um, so if we're talking about that spirituality or God or you know, and different people have different terms for God. Um, and I, I I find debates about that to be counterproductive. So when I say God, you know what I mean and you know what you mean. You know, you know yes. how you're understanding. Yes. So so with that said, um but at the same time to understand that it's not we're not talking about a crutch. Right? Because some people run away because they think, oh, it's just a crutch. It's not a crutch. It's understanding life at a fuller level, understanding life at a deeper level, and understanding that as human beings, we are more than this flesh that we touch. That There's the inner part of us. And and so if, if as human beings, this is who we are, then why not tap into the one who is bigger than we are, who understands that part of us better than we do and can help us to understand that part more. And then as we do that, we're able to live beyond ourselves. We're able to live beyond the material. So then it means that in different circumstances of our lives, we are anchored. So it's not so much a crutch as an anchor that keeps not just the physical aspect, but the inner aspect. So that when you think of a boy that's anchored in the sea, it may bob, it may roll a little, yeah. but it doesn't move. Right, <laughs> true. So true. I love that idea. I love that analogy of an anchor and not a crutch. Right, I agree. Do you think that this is what keeps uh, some people away from spirituality or the idea of getting to know themselves deeper, because that's really what comes down to, from my perspective. The more we get to know ourselves, the more we get to know love, we get to know God. What do you think gets in the way that the obstacles for some of us that reject the idea of getting to know oneself better and going beyond that? Fear comes to mind first. Yeah. You know, like, um, uh, I, I'll, I'll share a little tidbit from me. So I, I think for a few years, and people want to know that I did use the verbiage of wanting to know God's will, and I was serious about it, but I had reservations. So um, so the, there, were, there, there was a part of me that was closed off from God, and it was fear. And I'll tell you what the fear was. I was afraid God would send me to work because my call to ministry came in high school. And I harbored this secret fear that God would send me into the interior of Guyana. Now, I don't know if Brazil has interior like Guyana has, where it's just forest and nothing much is going on. And you have tribes and stuff like that. So I had this secret fear that God would do that. So even Mm. though I was hearing God at one level, I was not hearing God at another level. And and I've encountered encountered that with people where they they don't get close to God because they're afraid God would ask them to do something they don't want to do. I, I think there's the other fear of who we are, of being afraid to confront who we really are because, and the fear can work in, in, in different ways that we are less than or that we are more than. So I think fear is a powerful uh, motivator. Other people is, they, they want to, they want to portray that they are wiser than they are. 
and, and so wisdom in their understanding, our understanding of wisdom would be different. Well, well, instead of wisdom, let me use the term learned, learned. They're more learned than they are. So that kind of learnedness that they wish to portray says only what is extremely rational can be allowed. And we know when we start getting into God, that they, God is rational, but also not rational in our human understanding. So, so, so there is that peace. If, if I accept that there is God and I seek to allow God to enter me and I get into God, then I may be seen as not rational. And, and that's where the saying, a little learning is a dangerous thing. And, and I think for some people, something has happened in their lives that doesn't compute with who they feel God should be. And so they're not able to get past that. And that's where I think we have to go back to love. Because I think for me, what was freeing from that fear and other things was once I understood how much God loved me, I could shift and I could allow myself to be open before and to God. What is freedom to you? And what are some of the greatest misconceptions about freedom? Freedom is living fully as you were designed to live with the understanding and assurance that because the infinite God who created the universe loves you unconditionally, God will always have your back so you can be free to reach out to others and to love others. So that, that that's the base definition for me. Then when we move up to societal understanding, um, there are different types of freedom. However, without the base understanding of freedom, freedom becomes almost an idol. It also becomes something that's turned inward. And so you mentioned loving neighbor earlier. Um, we, we forget the importance of loving neighbor and we pay, pay lip service to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, and so freedom becomes this thing that, that we want and we cling to and misunderstand. And so other people are harmed in our quest for freedom. You wrote the book, Help, I Want Out. What to do when you are stressed out from keeping it all together? Which I mentioned off record about the keeping together. It's some, another habit we have. Uh, we get caught up into this, let's keep it the way it is forever, <laughs> not moving. So my first initial questions are, how did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? Yeah, um, the writing journey is interesting. I was thinking about that the other day um, because for, for a while, even though I'd written, I wasn't calling myself an author. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. then recently I'm like, but you've written more than one book. So why aren't you saying you're <laughs> right. an author? Yeah. So I, I think I've always loved literature and writing. And then when I was um, on faculty at the seminary for a season, writing was, if you're on faculty, you write. That's just something you do. Um, the dissertation before that. Um, but then as fa- a faculty member, you're expected to research, to write. So I did that type of writing, not a book, but like chapter in a book. I co-edited a book. So the writing was there. And then when I started on the journey on, you know, as a coach, well, I I've, was finding my feet for a while. The first book I wrote was on prayer, actually. 
um, because that that was where I was um, and still am. Prayer is so foundational for myself, for my life. I laugh and say anybody who came out of my father's church, prayer was just is just important to us. And and the difference it makes. And I talked there about surrendered praying. So that was like my first. I'd done devotionals before that. I'd written a prayer and published a prayer book. But this was the first time on my own, not as a chapter or anything, I wrote this type of book. Did another one on dads. And, and I do like journals and different things, planners that accompany those. But this last book, it's kind of funny because I started it a few, a couple of years ago. I started it in 2019. 2018. And I had a completely different title. It, it was going to talk about stress, but it was life is what to, how to stay stress-free in the midst of chaos. And it wasn't the right time. Um, can't explain that. It just, I wrote a chapter, I wrote the introduction, part of another chapter conclusion, and then I just put it aside. And different things were happening. And, I, and it was it really, now I look back, it was not the right time. Um, but this whole thing, the, the whole stress-free thing came in because of the work I'd been doing with my clients and, and how I'd found myself. You know, you know, you look back at the work you do. I'm sure you've done this and you see certain strands and, the, and, and that was one stress-free clarity becoming unstuck. And, and then when it got at the end of last year, God said, pick up the book and finish it. But I went in a different direction because I was listening to somebody and they talked about how to title your book. And I went back to some interviews and different things I'd done at the time. And and so the title is based more on where people are and what how they find themselves and, and the challenges they're facing. And as I listen to people, and so that's a big one, um, especially women. And it's not exclusive to women, but I think especially women we feel we have to do everything and be everything. And I had that season in my life. So so you create your stress in some ways. So and, and then you're in this situation where you just want to get out of it, but you feel you can't. You feel trapped. So what do you do? And that's the million dollar question. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll be asking you lots of questions to explore that one. <laughs> but before that, why did you choose to create the Blazing Star Network? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've had anybody ask me that. I tell people, but they don't ask me. So I started with surrender and prayer. Like I said, prayer is important. It's foundational and all of that. And then I, and I, and I actually, my title was actually spiritual mentor and prayer coach. And I was speaking with somebody and she said, well, when I heard your title, I didn't realize you could help me with my everyday journey. I was telling her about the work I was doing. So I realized both my title and surrendering prayer were getting in the way of people really seeing me as somebody who could help them in everyday life. So I was praying about and searching for a different title. And Blazing Star came to me. I don't think Blazing Star came first. It was Blazing something. I don't remember. But there are two reasons why Blazing Star is important. One is like for many people, the fire has gone down, but the embers are still there. It just needs oxygen to come back to a blaze. So Blazing Star seeks to provide that oxygen. And the other thing is that there's a blazing star perennial. So it goes down in the winter, but when spring comes, it comes back to bloom. 
So saying to people, you too can bloom again. What a beautiful and inspiring work. Thank you, Dr. Claire. We need more of this in, in this reality. A lot more of this. <laughs> How do you define stress? Stress. Okay, so there's stress. And the stress is a part of life. It's that kind of tension and so on. So I focus more on being stressed out. And, and being stressed out is living with an overload on your system that leaves you feeling overwhelmed mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Because we can't avoid stress. We cannot. Um, it's going to come. But if you don't deal with it, if you don't recognize the stresses and know what to do with them, then you end up in this stressed out state, which is where you feel trapped yeah. and you're trying to get out. So true. So stress, that's interesting because I often ask the question, is there such a thing as healthy stress? And most people say yes, because it's a necessary force. Yeah, we need that. Uh, so a stressed out life, stressed out lifestyle. What are the signs when we are living this kind of life? Yeah, um, some of it is physical. Um, but I, I think when we really allow it to go on and on, we get a physical sense. We're tired. We, we feel overwhelmed if we allow ourselves to feel. Because another thing that happens sometimes when we're in this stressed out loop we stop feeling. We, we, we are afraid to allow ourselves to feel because then we don't know that we could handle how we would feel. But people are overworked. They're trying to do everything, like I said, do everything, be everything, and they're burning the candles at both ends, always tired, never have enough time for the important things and important people. Sometimes family comes last. Decision-making is not as sung as it should be. Mental acuity is not as sharp. You know that you're not as efficient as you could be, as productive as you could be. You know you're functioning below your level. You're not your creative best because creative creativity goes out. So then you're reactive rather than proactive. You're snipping at people. Um, simple things become big things. Um, people have to be careful how they approach you. And then the health, that, that's a big one. You, you don't have time to attend to your health. So those are some of the key ones. I love the way you say, in your book, you say, you are holding things instead of releasing them. You carry them on your mind and your heart with a toll on your body. Some of what you hold on to are expectations and dreams that have not been met or fulfilled. Interestingly, I love the way you said um, this idea of holding, worrying, doing, and trying too hard, which is very true, or the combination of all of these coming together and the results in this stressed out life. So I'm wondering if having a purpose or recognizing finding our purpose could help. Yeah, definitely. Because oftentimes, we're all over the place because we lack purpose. Um, I, I said to somebody, and I, I, I'll just say something about time here quickly. I was saying to somebody, we were talking about time management. And I said, when you have an ongoing issue with time management, it's, the, um, it's a sign of a confused mind. So 
a lot of times we deal with the symptoms and not the heart of the issue. Purpose is critical. Why are we here? That, that's the, at the broadest level. And one of the things I say in the book is if the only thing we did was love God and neighbor, that, that would be part of the purpose. And, and I said that because I don't want people to get um, paralyzed because they don't know their purpose. Right, right, true. <laughs> so so at the yeah. macro level, we're all here. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And and, and that's the, the first order. But then in terms of purpose and um, not being stressed out, um, when purpose is another one of those anchors, I'll use that word again, it's, it's another one of those anchors um, because... We, we are able to um, ask ourselves, is this aligned with what I should do? And especially for talented people, you know, okay, everybody is talented, but some people just seem to be able to do a multitude of things, right? Let's face it. And when you're like that, the temptation is often to try and do everything. And, and when you have guilt added to it and all these different things, you you just find yourself going and going and going. And and so just to give some examples, if my purpose is to um care for others, then I have to add to that where is it I'm being called to to do that? Because there are how many billion people are on the face of the earth? So evidently I'm not called to care for everybody. So so then to talk about purpose, you also have to talk about call and, and understanding what you're called to do and then in a particular season where you're assigned. Purpose keeps us from being people pleasers. Um, purpose helps us to have security because, like I mentioned, the guilt, the guilt at not, maybe I'm, I have the gift to do this, so I should do this. Purpose comes and says, but this is not why you're here. There's going to be somebody else who's that's more aligned with their purpose. And 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 it's kind of hard to talk about things separated out, even though we have to, because related to purpose, assignment, and call is the whole understanding of our value. Because we, we can know our purpose, but if we don't understand our value, we'll be fighting our purpose. And we don't want to fight our purpose. We want to live into our purpose or fight against staying true to our purpose. So hopefully yeah. that answers. I love this idea of finding meaning, which is connected to purpose. But it's so much easier when it's connected to spirituality because it's just incredibly challenging and beautiful at the same time. This idea of loving yourself and others at the same time in being compassionate to everything. So that, uh, if we can make that our purpose, then that's it. What else do we really need to live by? From my perspective, that it has been that way since I started working, writing, and getting into this, the business of healing. And then it just feels so true and so peaceful. It's interesting, even though I'm really busy, but it's like, oh... Yeah, it, it feels amazing. That's incredible how we can balance. We we can come back to balance easier yeah. when we have that anchor, as you said. Yeah, and you found your purpose as a healer. So, yeah, you're going to love it. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to love it because <laughs> it is an amazing place, space to be in, constantly learning and teaching and learning at the same time, which, yeah, uh, an incredible journey, adventure. Uh, so another, yeah, talk to me for a moment, Dr. Claire, about your own experience with this stressed out lifestyle and how did you get out of it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I tell I use I tell people sometimes that I seemed to have it wasn't conscious, but I seem to have lived by the motto I don't stop I drop. Um, p- part of it was health related and I didn't understand what was happening at the time, but also there was so much to do and little time in which to do it. And I think there's a space for going all out. It's just when it's chronic all out. Um, a friend once asked my brother for me and he said, oh, she doesn't really live here. She just stops by every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. So so um, before I came to the States to do postgrad, a number of things happened. I, I was very busy um, with church stuff. I was youth coordinator for the denomination. And it's not as huge a denomination as in the States, but I was doing that national work. I was on some international things. I was pastoring a couple of churches. You know, it was just a lot. I didn't really think about it. I just kept going. I mean, I saw my father just keep going. I saw my mother do a lot. I, I didn't really, and even though my mother talked about it, she was not a kind would push you, which I am grateful for. You know, there's some people just, some parents are just aggressive. My mother wasn't like that, but she did make a comment about it a couple of times. Um, the the year before I came, she died, oh, and it was unexpected. Yeah, um, we knew a few days before it happened, but it was unexpected. Um, and a few months after that, a cousin died. So um, there was there was that kind of stuff going on. So by the time I came to do my postgraduate work, I think I was just I was stressed out. I, I was stressed out because I was. I was doing too much. That same thing you talked about. I, I wasn't wor- worrying has never been a big part of my life. And I think that's because of my faith in and relationship with God in Christ. So it's never been, the worrying too much was not that big a deal, but I was holding a lot within me. Um, you know, after my mother died, um, I went back home. I was abroad at the time when it happened and I, and I couldn't go. Um, she, she wasn't home when it happened. Um, but I went back home and, and, and dealing with that and then going through her things, which was in itself, it was a traumatic time. And, and then when my cousin died, her daughters came to live with us and that was a joy. Um, but it was another thing. I, the grieving process for my mother was interrupted by another grief. Does that make sense? So so then I came, I'm doing the postgraduate studies, and there was a course that kind of allowed me to begin to look at myself, and I was able to get some counseling, um, which is why I'm always like, get help, get help, don't struggle on your own. But the other thing that happened was my prayer life. I finally had space to get into a different place with God. And I, and I would say my prayer life, the prayer life I developed in that time was critical, which is why it's the How to Pray, Living Holy Through Honest, Surrendered Heart Praying was the first book I wrote. I I, I would truly say that that was the pivotal point in my life. And and that's where I talk in the book about rest and renewal, that that's where it comes from, just my own journey. 
understanding that when when I have these times to stay in prayer, and I, and I know when I'm stepping away and I have to go back because I'll feel that. I, I think for me, some of the signs are the creativity is less. Um, I, I'm more anxious, not in the sense like I'm worried because I know God is going to take care of it, but I'm anxious in the sense that what do I do next? I don't have a, I don't have clarity. My clar- So it's probably better to say my clarity goes um, physically because I have some health things I have to manage and I begin to, they begin to affect me more. So, so those are the things. So then the prayer time, the, I have a friend, when I say prayer, she says meditation. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we are at different um, places. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just having that daily renewal time and then the weekly renewal time, which is more extended, that has been pivotal. Um, when I was doing the the doctorate, I, I it was really a lot. Um, I had a lot to do and manage the health as well. So um, I, I found like the daily thing wasn't happening as much as I wanted to. And then I started doing like a weekly, spending more extended time. And the whole concept of Sabbath grew over time with me. I didn't yeah. start where I am now, but it, it's it got me to where I am now. Wow. I love that, um, how you're able to navigate this road, uh, this realm of living a stressed out life and then finding the way out of it. And uh, a lot of wisdom. To me, that's what it's all about, going through all these difficulties to come out of them wiser so we can live by those lessons, not just live by those lessons, but also teach others. That's what you have done. That's the job of a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you go through in order to teach, <laughs> go through to yeah. whatever it is. So when it comes to prayer, I know that I have to talk to a lot of people and people around me, my own husband, that's what he does. He prays. So prayer, how is it different from meditation? What does it feel like for you when you pray? Yeah. I, how is it different from meditation? I start with just my understanding of prayer. I think I think they intersect. Prayer is, for me, prayer is surrender. It's surrendering all of who we are to all of whom God is. And, and so prayer can happen in different ways. It can take different forms. I don't. I used to have this formula that people use, and I don't do that anymore. It's just, just go to God in reverence and allow yourself to be with God and what you need to say to God. And if you don't need to say to God, just, re- just recognize who God is and worship God and give God thanks and praise. So for me, prayer is ongoing, but then I have specific times when I pray. Then when I think of meditation, it's it, like I said, they, they, there's an intersection. Um, if I were to meditate, it's just that being still, but then I do that when I'm praying too. I, I think um, for some people, oh, and then the Bible encourages us to meditate on the word. So we maybe just be f- quietly focused on a verse or a fragment or so. I think for some people, meditation is not necessarily involving God. But when I hear people talk about meditation and some of the effects of meditation, I'm like, well, I get that in prayer. But it's whether, I think the thing is in prayer, if it's just that time of prayer where you're just talking all the time, 
or if it's the time of prayer where you're being still, Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. So if we're being still and knowing that God is God and we're just allowing God to lead us where God would in that space, I, I think it very much becomes very, it becomes close to meditation. And the thing about it is when we experience God a particular way, we always want to invite others to experience God that way. And I think that's legitimate once we don't force people. Right. right. I think it's legitimate to say, you know, this is what I found and I invite you to sh explore it and share it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, an important piece, yeah, as long as we don't force anyone to think the way we do, right? Jesus never did. Yeah, because it, it was all about love. That's the most amazing thing. Yeah, when you surrender to love, that's it. And then you become it. Do you believe that Jesus was God? Yeah. You do. Yeah, so he was in the embodiment of God. Uh, yeah, and and in, I, I believe Jesus is the full expression of God and that. But the thing about it is when he was honored, they didn't get that. It is his resurrection that showed that. And if you don't believe the resurrection, it's going to be hard to accept that, to use God. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> but, but I do True. believe that if we follow Jesus, his ways, his teaching, really follow it, not pay lip service. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people say they follow it, and I would include myself there. But if we stop and really take a deep dive, we'd see how far we're falling short, especially with a compassionate piece. And yet compassionate Mark Jesus, so often we hear he stopped and he looked and he saw this and he was moved with compassion and he did something about it. And, and sometimes I find we say, oh, let's do something, but we don't have the compassion that undergirds it. And so it becomes this arbitrary, not, not arbitrary, but it becomes the stick with which we beat others. And that happens on all ways on the spectrum continuation um, of Christianity. I, I, I don't say that because I, when I say that, I know some people, their mind will automatically go to a Christian group. No, this is across the board. Um, it, unless we have the compassion underlying it, it becomes... We become what Jesus told the Pharisees they were, because they weren't bad people. They were trying to get people to follow God, but they were doing it without compassion. So they were putting burdens on people. So always we have to start with that. That's why, you know, I guess Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. But I, I firmly believe that we can only do that when we are we have received God's love because we as human beings are so finite, we are so frail and we have our own brokenness that God's love becomes that well from which we draw and we're constantly renewed so that we're able to love ourselves and love other people. Compassion. Yeah, what is compassion to you, Dr. Cleo? How would you explain that word or that state of being? It's a way of caring that comes from deep inside you. Mm -hmm. It's not surface. And um, it, it's the ability to feel. You may not be able to feel exactly what the other person is feeling, but it's the ability to feel. And, and for the empathy, I think it has an element of empathy. But for, for, for your emotion to be so engaged that you, you can't just act as if you never saw or heard. We have not been through 
certain experiences, how will we connect with others in that empathetic way? We have yeah. to have that experience, right? I think it's harder, not impossible. I, I think it becomes impossible when our own feelings are locked away. I think that's where the impossible come. Certainly going through, it makes it more possible. Right. But if you go through and you still didn't, and your feelings are still locked away, mm -hmm. which yeah. is where God's liberating love comes in. We always got to come back to that love, right? Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. That, that's where yeah. it comes in because it's that love that mm -hmm. frees us and says it's okay to feel. Because for some people, it's never been okay to feel. How how do you feel when everybody is depending on you and you are not depending on a bigger source? How, how, how do you feel when um, you've been told your whole life it's wrong and, and you don't know, there's nobody who's been able to come and show you that it's okay? How, how do you feel when you were the child who cried easily and every time you cried, you were mocked? And nobody was there to stand for you and say, it's okay to cry. What are you saying? Basically, we cannot really help others and help the world like so many of us want to do without that bigger help, without having the God as the um, having our backs, as you call it, and on the background. That's where it, strength it, comes from. Yeah, in that deep way. We will do good things. Anybody can do good things. Right. And we need the good things. But to go to that deeper level, it's about levels, I guess. It might be the compassion, the underlying yeah. compassion, being there yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. Because if I'm home, yeah. if I'm starving and you give me food, I don't care if you're compassionate. Mm, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> but, to, but to help me thrive as a human being. Mm is going to need more than giving me a, a, a plate of food. So we're almost now at the end. I have the, uh, the ending questions. I love your work and the way you tap into so many important points uh, with a lot of wisdom. Boundaries, that's a, a big one too that you speak of, setting boundaries, uh, how to deal with rejection, uh, self-worth, value, expectations, goals, and the freedom lifestyle. It's, it, you have everything there that can help so many of us. It has been a reminder for me to go back. I was like breathing deeper and like, oh no, I have to, <laughs> I have to practice this more, this more. Uh, and that's the truth. So I have these ending questions before I ask them, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Yeah. Um, the first thing is thank you for the work you do. Thank you. It's so important um, that you, you do it yourself and then you involve others by giving us this platform from which we can share and we can enhance what each others yeah. what each other do and i really appreciate that thank you thank you yeah okay. I, yeah i'm going to read a passage um there is a character in my book called olivia okay. and so this passage involves olivia um initially it's just her and then later on her children her daughter comes into perspective and, and just to say to the book, Help I Want Out, you can get it by going to livingstressedout.com and there'll be a way for you to share the link, but livingstressedout.com slash get help. 
And that's where the book is. And if you use the code fit for joy as one word, you can get a 35% discount on it. And if you have one thing you're struggling with, or you feel if I can find one thing to focus on to get out of my stress, um, I'll be further along the road, then just go to livingstressedout.com slash one thing. And, and um, you'll see a form there to set some time to talk with me. So this is the excerpt. It's from, I don't remember which chapter anymore. <clears throat> anyway, and as she read, and this is as Olivia read, she thought, this is at the end of the day. As she read, she thought about her day. She had messed up a simple assignment royally. Fortunately, she had caught it before any real damage had been done. She had also gotten on Victoria's case without trying to support her in her job. On the way home and throughout the evening, she'd kept playing those incidents over and over in her head. She could not let it go. As she read the scripture, she realized what she needed to do. Just let it go. God, please forgive me, she asked. Please forgive me for not trusting you more. Please forgive me for being sharp with Victoria. Please forgive me for carrying this after I turned it over to you. She read the scripture again. She felt better already. She knew what she needed to do. Tomorrow, Olivia would apologize to Victoria and pay better attention to her needs. She needed to work more with Victoria so that she had confidence in her ability. Olivia also needed to be more understanding. Even though she was working with her team, she was not perfect, but she was making strides. These daily times helped her to be more gracious as she became more aware of God's grace in her life. The increased awareness of God, God's love, and God's grace that you get in these times gives you perspective. Having received it, you can give grace to yourself and others. This, this keeps you from fussing over every little thing that goes wrong. Moreover, you gain a better understanding of what you can and cannot control. What? This is terrible. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with this country? Has everybody gone mad? What is happening in our world? Having said that, Olivia left the room where the television was playing the news and resumed her knitting. Mommy, mommy, it's really bad, isn't it? Roberta had run behind her into the room. Yes, it is, Olivia replied calmly. How come you're not freaking out? I don't know, but it really got to me like, should I be afraid? Olivia put down her knitting. You know, Roberta, I have come to realize that while I have a part to play, there are some things that I can neither control nor change. I have therefore prayed for the people involved, the perpetrators and the victims. I am sure there will be a fund to help the, the victims. I will contribute to it. I will help us be better people so that we have more peace, starting with you and Olive. Right now, however, I have done what I can do and know what I will do. My freaking out will not change anything. It will not help anyone. Roberta stared at Olivia. But, but you used to freak out all the time. I used to get scared when you would go on and on about things. That's because I had too much on my plate. Everything triggered me. Now I'm doing less and taking the time to pray and read my Bible. I try to hear what God is saying. I did freak out initially, but then I realized that I wasn't helping anybody. Those emotions kept me from thinking clearly. 
I'm sorry that I scared you in the past, but here I am knitting and praying. I have um, one last question for you. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. God is real. Life will throw you a curveball. And you are created for more than you would ever know. Thank you so much for your peaceful, beautiful presence, the messages that you have to share, your courage to do so, and everything else in between. Thank you. So before we say goodbye again, please um, tell us about your website again. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, my main, um, I have several sites, but the main one that relates to my work in dealing with stress, which is what we've been talking about, is livingstressedout.com. So that's where you'll find the overview. In terms of the book, Help I Want Out, livingstressedout.com slash get help. And again, the coupon and do it within a week of this podcast airing. The coupon to get 35% off is fit for joy, one word. And then in terms of if you want to identify one thing to work on to reduce your stress or just, you know, just for life to to be better, livingstressedout.com slash one thing. And the one thing is, it's not going to, you, you may not see it on the website. I haven't decided yet if I'm making it public, but I know for sure I'm making it available to your listeners, your audience, livingstressedout.com slash one thing. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, Dr. Claire, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> in touch. I love this. Thank um, you. Yeah. I love your wisdom. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Claire A. Smith and her work, please visit livingstressedout.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.